Yub Nub, I'm SJ the Word Burglar, and today my special guest is musical genius Coins, a.k.a. Peter Project. We're going to a place far, far away to venture deep into an enchanted forest on a distant planet called Endor for an Ewok adventure to answer the most important question in the galaxy, do you still like this? Like a movie one time in your life But don't know if you still do Well if you don't have time to watch it at the moment Me and a guest will for you See me, some strangers and some friends of mine Are gonna see what flicks stand the test of time So if you're curious to know what holds up and what doesn't About some old movie you saw with your cousin You're in the right place and you know you might just find out Do you still like this? You gonna sing the song with me? Yub nub. <laughs> Each yub nub nub. They don't sing it in this. They don't sing it in this. No, they don't. There's no there's no Ewok uh They do use the the Ewok theme song. That's, but that's about the that's that's about the only thing and I think they actually use some stock footage from the original Return of the Jedi, some like exterior shots. Oh, but are we in it? Are we doing it right now? Yeah, we're in it. We're, oh, we're all right. in Here this. We are. Yeah, 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 we are in it. The Ewok adventure. The Ewok adventure. Caravan of Courage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was Trailer of Bravery taken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a name that inspires in- excitement in the minds of kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, a Caravan of <laughs> Courage. Yeah, yeah. Not quite The Empire Strikes Back. But uh, this came out in November 1984, debuted on ABC, and I believe, I mean, correct me if you know better, but I feel like this ran on TV for years. Like, it must have been syndicated, because I don't, I definitely didn't see it in 84. I don't know when I saw it. It came out on video, according to the internet. It was released on video in 1990. I do remember renting it on, on VHS, and it it came out on DVD in 2000, and let me check here. I think it was 2004 or something. It was released on DVD. I'm surprised it made it as far as DVD, to be honest. Um, just in that it's it was incredibly hard to track down. I don't know how you how you found it. I figured I was just going to go on iTunes, grab first. I was like, see if Netflix has it. Nope. See if iTunes has it. Nope. See if YouTube has it. Only if you watch like weird versions with like strange watermarks on it that are like sped up so that the like algorithms don't bust it. So then I had to go to like a sketchy like streaming service. I don't know how you got it, but like my streaming service had like all the the weird gross ads all down the sides. It, it was not, it was, it was hard. So I'm surprised that it even made it to DVD. Yeah, I had the version I watched was a bootleg of the DVD release. Ah. So. SJ's got the connections. I got some connections. So we were talking about the podcast, and and I told you the idea, and uh, and you you jumped. You were like, "We got to watch the Ewok movie." <laughs> <laughs> so you used to like this as a kid. I loved it. Uh, I remember. So now here's the thing. I think I may have had it on like like taped off of television on a VHS because I remember watching it like quite a few times, definitely before 1990. Like I was very young and my first memory of watching it. Also, I should mention that the sequel, the sequel, um, uh, battle for Endor for Endor though. I didn't realize there were two, those, both of those like just sort of melded into one. That's right. Listeners. If you thought Um, you'd seen all the star Wars movies, yeah, there are two of these Ewok movies. Yeah. And the second one has the Quaker Oats guy in it, which, uh, blew my mind as a kid and confused me. But anyway, so my memory of watching this was, I was probably, I was like five or six when we watched this and I remember watching it. I was with, it was myself and my sister and two uh, f- friends of ours that were sort of like my parents' friends' kids at the time. You may know. Do, do you know Chris and Jesse Rob? Do you know them? No. Anyway, know. so Chris if and I Jesse do, Rob, if you're if you're if you're listening, you're, you're part of the story now. And so I remember watching. <laughs> Shout out Chris and Jesse Rob. <laughs> so I remember uh, we were all watching. Uh, we were watching it at my house, and the movie, frankly, terrified me. I was terrified yeah am i allowed to swear yeah you can swear i was fucking 
terrified. <laughs> uh, like this movie, like this was like it was a the there were scenes in this movie that had me so scared. Uh, and I remember, I remember at one point melting down and Chris turned to me and he goes, don't worry, Peter, the good guys always win. And that became like my, that's what got me through a lot of movies. That was like my mantra. Like anytime I got scared watching movies, the good guys always win. I'd be like, all right, no, it's cool. Like Chris pointed it out and it's always true until I watched time bandits and then was scarred for life. Because the whole time I'm just like, nah, man, it's good, it's good. The good times, the good guys always win, and then they don't. And that movie fucked me up for a long time. So thanks, Chris Rob, you also lied to me. <laughs> this movie was scary. Yeah, I do. I, my earliest memories of this, like there were definitely moments that I thought as a kid, oh man, this is crazy. So I've kind of gone through my life remembering this movie. Like so many things you see when you're a kid as being like, whoa, this was so much crazier as a kid. Totally. So trying to watch this again in that, it's hard to kind of put yourself in that younger mindset, but th- that's why we're here. We're going to see what holds up and what doesn't. And uh, so what were, what were the memories like that were etched into your brain about this movie that like you've carried? Because I, I have about four that were like etched into my brain. So I'm curious what yours were. Yeah. I remember being really sad. There's a few moments where one of the Ewoks dies. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. His own fault. Uh, I would also like to say 100% his own fault. Kind of deserved <laughs> it. But we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Anyway. Oh, man. On. There's so much I want to just dig into about the Ewok movie. An Ewok adventure. The Caravan of Courage. Featuring a story by George Lucas. So this was like basically... So this came out 84. So it's after Return of the Jedi. I guess... Lucas must have had all these Ewok sets lying around, all these stinky, furry costumes. And he said, look, we got we to gotta do something with this stuff. And it made sense, right? The Ewoks were a phenomenon. Definitely, if you were a kid in the 80s, you knew what an Ewok was. I love the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. The Ewoks in Return of the Jedi were amazing. I loved the Ewok song. I loved all the, the funny, the humor, the, the toys, the vehicles. So this movie came out before the Ewoks animated show as well, which apparently the Ewoks cartoon takes place before this movie, and this movie takes place before Return of the Jedi. So I was trying to figure out the canon. So in in Star Wars canon, this takes place before Jedi. Mm. So interesting, just mm-hmm. for those of you keeping track out there. So did you love the Ewoks as a kid? Um, I thought they were cool. I, th- I remember thinking Wicked was cool, but more because his name was like wicked so like i thought he was, i believe it's wicked i know but like wicked like is like he's like he's wicked so i remember thinking like he was obviously cool and i think i thought he was much more badass than he was because i thought his name was wicked and so uh but after watching this movie you realize he's totally not um <laughs> yeah i don't know and actually there, i think he might have been the strongest actor in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Ooh, get to that yeah <laughs> Um, and uh, the weird thing, I actually, I do remember really liking the, uh, Ewok that died. I thought that like cool little bony armor thing that he had was really cool, which is strange because it's as an adult watching it, it's totally like for, as a kid, I latched onto that. I thought there was something about that, like weird, like, I don't know, like washing board thing he was wearing was cool, but. As an adult, it's just like a not an. I don't know. Yeah, I, no. As a kid, I thought the Ewoks were the coolest thing ever. But totally. as an adult watching it now, I, it all I can think of is these are just a bunch of guys running around in sweaty fur suits, yes. wearing like chicken bones around. The yeah, head. right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So we open on Endor. There's a really nice sort of painted opening. It kind of looks like, all right, I get this. And you were saying you think it's some of the actual sets and scenes from Jedi? Well, there are some scenes, well, specifically towards the, uh, there are scenes when they, oh, when they go to visit the, uh, like the the shaman witch doctor guy, suddenly you see all these like, the Ewok sets that we knew from Return of the Jedi. Uh, Because the rest of the time, the Ewoks are living in like caves, which doesn't make any sense. Like they're living in a cave or some shit. Like it's- Yeah, there was one tree kind of, like igloo it was like a tree glue yeah that was kind of cool and there was yeah but the stock shot of of the ewok 
village which totally looked like the play set i never had it yeah. i always wanted that as a kid it's like oh man the ewok play set that's awesome yeah yeah um a friend of mine um actually sadly uh departed uh leighton reed had the ewok set and we when in high school or in junior high we did a science project where we built a maze out of it and ran a mouse through it and put all these dead impaled gi joes everywhere um that sounds amazing. Anyway, yeah, we totally ruined it, but it was cool. Anyway, back to the actual movie. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so can we talk about the uh, the cast for a second? So the story follows the, I guess, the uh, the misfortune of the Tawani family. So the Tawani family are Katarin, played by Fanula Flanagan, who I don't know if you recognize, but she went on to play Eloise in Lost, who was Daniel Faraday's mom, married to Charles Whitmore. Yeah, so Ah. the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, where do I know her from? That's who it was. So Fanula Flanagan, she's she's in the movie for all of maybe four minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Guy Boyd as Jeremit. It's a very, I like that name, Guy Boyd. Both of their names, Jeremit and Katerin, like... They're not very creative. It's like, yeah, there's sort of names, but they're not, they're slightly spacey names, but yeah, not. They're not very Star Warsy. Uh, then there's uh, Mace, their son, not Windu. No, <laughs> the fact that like does Samuel L. Jackson know that he is was the second Star Wars character named after this guy, who basically comes from like the Mark Hamill school of acting yeah. and like cloning. But not even like the Mark Hamill school of charm, which I think is at least what got like Mark Hamill through those movies. This guy just, yeah, not good. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he gets his hair cut at first choice Skywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like he was totally cast because he kind of looked like Luke, you know, totally. wearing like this X-wing meets like Dragon Ball Z outfit. Like totally. all their costumes are basically like the leftovers, like the bargain basement rebels wardrobe. One hundred percent. They yeah. kind of got quilted jackets that look like something Princess Leia might have worn. You know, everyone's just and then a Sindel. Who, let's be honest, I feel like Sindel is the star of the Tawani Oh, family. 100%. So she's... Star of the movie. Also, I give her credit. I actually think for a five-year-old, pretty pretty great actor for a five-year-old. Yeah, she goes through the whole movie like just relatively unfazed by yeah. doing all these <laughs> <laughs> you know, scenes with these pretty scary, like there are some scary monsters in yeah. this. I must, like if you're a five-year-old and yeah. she's like, whatever. They like, she's locked in like this compartment in the broken Star Cruiser and like then they, they yeah. walks open up and she's, she's like, yeah, she was she was she, well cast. She kind of reminded me of like Drew Barrymore E.T., like that yeah. that sort of era of... Kind of 80s child actor. They kind of have, yeah, she totally has that look. Like, as soon as, like, you can see the poster and you're like, oh, okay, these people look like other people I associate with yeah. popular movies. But also, I, I, I looked, I, so I, I was also, I was, I, I was doing a little bit of IMDb on this and I don't think she did anything else other than this movie. Yeah, I think she went on to be like an editor for one film and then that and then was that it. was it and possibly shows up at like, you know, fan expos on occasion. Like I, th- I think that's it. <laughs> well, fun fact, I'm going to do a deep Star Wars cut right now for oh, you. Oh boy. Her character Sindel. You know, I yeah. Think I know she where goes this is going. To be a journalist on Coruscant. <laughs> What? Oh, sorry, we're talking about something else. Yeah, there's a Star Wars novel in the future where she is basically a a reporter on Coruscant. And her experience during the Battle of Endor, which is the sequel, which I kind of totally want to watch now, uh, she, based on that experience, she decided to go into, like, you know, galactic journalism. uh, (laughs) Because the other thing (laughs) I... Her character lives on in Star Wars canon. The other thing I read, which was like fan theories, which it was a highly, like no one took it that seriously, but people were joking that she goes on to become Captain Phasma. Is that her name? Oh, from... From... from the first order, yeah, oh. that that's one of that's that was one of the theories. I mean, really, it's like, oh, she's a kid with blonde hair. Let's tie the two together. If Phasma is Sindel, that that would be pretty good. That's yeah, pretty incredible. Um, okay, so the family, the Tawani family, they have crash landed on Endor. This is before Return of the Jedi, so I guess Rebels may not have even been there yet. 
in any capacity. And also, it was so far before Return of the Jedi that the forest moon of Endor wasn't actually covered in forest yet. The forest was still growing, so there were still huge swaths of no forest (laughs) for some reason. So I'm just going to assume that the forest hadn't grown yet. Well, I thought I saw tire tracks for a second there, but maybe, uh, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a continuity error. Uh, So the family have crash landed on this planet. Oh, can I first just bring up just a music thing really quick since you are a musical genius. The music by Peter Berenstain of the Berenstain Ewoks. (laughs) 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 Like, did it sound... It sounded more like Star Trek to me than Star Wars. Uh, They actually straight... It's funny you mentioned that. He straight up jacks the Star Wars theme. He's straight up there. Uh, Star Trek theme? Or, sorry, the Star Trek theme. Straight up. There's a whole. He he does. Motion picture. Yeah. Or, uh, Star Trek the motion picture. It sounded he, he, exactly. He straight up. He actually uh, straight up jacks it at one point. And I remember hearing it the first time. I'm like, no, really? No, he didn't do that. And then the second time, I'm like, yo, he's straight up. Like, that. Yeah, he's straight. He, so yes, it does sound like Star Trek because he actually jacks the Star Trek music for sure. Well, I'm glad I got your uh, esteemed second ex. Totally opinion. happens. Yeah, yeah, because I was kind of tripping out, and it keeps coming back. There were a few little notes of the John Williams score, but yeah. nothing great. And also, I mean, just as a sort of to, a note on the music, the music. I hate. I hate. Like as a composer for film and TV, crapping on people's scores because like you know it was a beautiful. Well, it wasn't. No, it the score drove me crazy. Actually, it just walked. It walked all over everything. It was just like, it was just being dumped on the movie, <laughs> and it was it was really distracting. I found not. I mean, yeah, it was the score actually really annoyed me. And then every time the Ewok theme came in, it was just like. Hey everybody, look at me. It's the Ewok theme and it was so like it did not yeah. I actually hated the music. Yeah, the music definitely yeah. Anyway, yeah. Music fail for sure. Um so this Caravan of Courage where <laughs> So we open on the Tawani family and they're looking they're giving us a little bit of exposition of what's happening. They're like Oh, we told our kids not to run away from us. Ever since we crashed on this planet, we told them to stay near our crashed star cruiser. Where could they be? They're looking around at nighttime. Then all of a sudden, this giant comes out of nowhere and starts chasing them. And we don't see them again. Then we cut to the Ewoks. And it's Deej. And let me just say, Deej is one badass Ewok. (laughs) <laughs> this is Wicket's dad, and he's there with, with Wicket's family. There's a, a Weechi and Wicket, and Shodu is the mum, and the baby Ewok has a name too, but I had to look that one up uh, just so we know. Winda is the baby. So Deej is there, and we get the narration from Burl Ives. Okay. <laughs> now, can I in- interject here for a second yes. about this narration? So the narration is, it sounds like, David Suzuki <laughs> and he's and, was. and the worst part is well he's narrating it in the present not in the past so it actually sounds like you're watching some kind of weird planet earth bullshit nature show where it's like like suddenly it'll show a bunch of Ewoks it'll be like Wicked is scrounging through the ground to find some berries while his mother tends to the baby. And you're just like, you feel like you're watching some weird nature show. And it keeps happening throughout, like, this narrator, this this David Suzuki narrating the present shit is fucking weird. It is so weird. It is, like, I think that's the weirdest part of the movie for me. Because, again, I felt like I was watching, like, some, like, National Geographic, like, in the depths of the jungle, except there's Ewoks on the screen instead. Anyway. Well, then, yeah, but then it's Burl Ives, so I expected him, because he's Sam the Snowman from the Rudolph. Remember the Rudolph? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Christmas specials? So I kept expecting him to say, and then they went to visit Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> So Deej is having some trouble. I guess his kids have run off and Wicket wants to go with them to find the kids who have gotten lost. So similar, there's a nice parallel there between the Tawani parents who lost their kids because the kids just wandered off from the Star Cruiser and Deej lost his Ewok kids 
And so he decides to go searching for them. Cut to an awesome Ewok hang glider scene. Mm-hmm. In case, uh, which led to my obsession with hang gliders for most of my childhood. <laughs> There's a lot of things actually. These Ewok movies they made me obsessed with hang gliders, and from the sequel they made me obsessed with grappling hooks for a while, like grappling <laughs> hook guns. Yeah, yeah. And moats made of acid. Those were like three things that stayed with me for throughout my entire childhood that I became obsessed with. Those are awesome. <laughs> the subjects of every uh, kid's like fantasies when you're playing with your toys. And then mm. they fell into the moat of acid. <laughs> but got out with a cool grappling hook gun. On a hang glider. On a hang glider. <laughs> that hang glider, though, it has like a, it launches prematurely thanks to the Ewok's greatest foil, perhaps, a goat. <laughs> There's a lot of odd animals. They're like, what animals can we have in here that aren't like stop motion? Or so they also, have, like, why is there a goat on Endor? Yeah, they got. Know. Uh, they have a goat. They have goats and horses and ponies and bunnies. Which I all mean, the forest folk. But you would think they would have some other weird. Like, when in Star Wars have we ever seen a goat or a horse or a bunny? Like, when have we ever seen? They got creative, but it's like, no, the Ewoks just get weird earth creatures. It's got some other name, like, that's a pawhorn. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, not all Ewoks are cute and fun like Wicket is something I also learned from this, but we'll get into that. So Deej Deej goes off, finds the lost Ewoks, and then they stumble upon the Star Cruiser, where we finally get introduced to Mace and Sindel, the two human children who have been lost. And right off the bat, uh, Sindel, the the young girl, super cute, super funny. Like we were saying, she was like, work great. She's great at acting with Ewoks. Whoever mm-hmm. says you know the rule you shouldn't act with kids and Ewoks, uh, they're wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> she proves them wrong in this. So big props to to Sindel, Aubrey Miller for that. But Mace. Okay, so what did you think about her older brother Mace? He was a ding dong. He I hated that guy. Uh, I don't know. I hated him. He's dropping like massive Ewok slurs like throughout the whole movie too like <laughs> yeah. he's like all right mop face and, like listen you walking hairbrush <laughs> yeah yeah that was a good one yeah 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 he's got some like the quotes in this movie i wrote some down that are just in- incredible like this okay so this kid can't go the whole movie he can't go five lines throughout the whole movie without being whiny complainy yeah. or like a total jerk yeah to everyone who's trying to help them like one scene he's asking for help from somebody the next scene when they're giving him help he's like rejecting them and he keeps trying to communicate with the ewoks in a language that they don't understand like they don't speak english or basic which yeah. is in star wars it's not english it's basic and he's also just not impressed by anything like like my favorite quote which i wrote down was so what it turned into a lizard big deal <laughs> Like, this weird magic wand turns into a lizard, and he's just like, whatever. And it's just like, dude. Okay, first of all, what's a lizard doing on Endor? Again, but that's just me knowing it. But also, dude, something just turned into a fucking lizard. Like, (laughs) and you're not blown, you're not slightly impressed by this. Like, the people that are helping you save your parents just turned a magic wand into a lizard, and you're still being a dick to them. And I'm like, I don't know, like... Maybe they've got something going on there. Anyway, as yeah, you were. No, it's it's so true. So the kids, and you can see like how they wanted this kid to be like, this is the entry point for all the young Star Wars fans watching it. So we're watching this as a kid. We're like, okay, so, you know, the brother and sister, these are like the cool kids. This is us. Like, I want to be, th- and I remember as a kid, I, w- I did want to be these kids. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to be running around Endor with these Ewoks charging in on where they find out the giant mountain, the crazy Gorax. Um, so the Ewoks find Sindel and Mace. Sindel gets sick. The The Ewoks give her... Medicine from a tree. Yeah, which I clearly remember that scene. Like There was like the medicine in the leaf and she had to drink it. So, okay, that's funny you say that because I was weirdly obsessed with that scene when I was a kid too. That also had a weird impact. That The way they like they had this weird little contraption, this leaf sort of thing, and they sort of stick it in her mouth and she drinks it. And we at our house, this is super weird, had... Bring it on. A, a similar, like it was, it was plastic, but it was a thing for administering medicine, like exactly like that to like babies. And 
I remember thinking like, oh, this is the same thing. And so I used to like get up in the morning and drink juice out of it. Like I would have a glass of juice and I'd like fill it up with juice and like pour it in my mouth through this. This is super weird. I don't know why I'm telling people this on on this uh, podcast. But yeah, I like I remember just I used to really like drinking juice out of this weird medicine uh, <laughs> delivery system because of because of the Ewoks. Because movie. of the Ewok yeah, movie. Totally. So they run out of medicine and Mace starts freaking out at the Ewoks. Give her more medicine. Give her more medicine. So finally the Ewoks are like, all right, fine. We'll go get more medicine. So they take Mace into the woods to get more medicine. And for some reason he like sees an animal in a tree and reaches in. Do you remember this part? He oh, yeah. He reaches in to grab this stupid little critter. I don't know why he even wanted to grab it. And then... Next thing you know, he gets his arm pulled into a tree and it's this giant, like, crazy monster <laughs> yeah. trying to bite his arm off. It looked, you know what it looked like? It looked like a little baby version of the uh, the monster from uh, Empire Strikes Back that comes out of the meteor. Oh, yeah. It looks like a little baby version of that. Um I'm Could have sure. been. Could have been. Yeah, we, I think well, some of the effects people worked on this. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were probably <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, let's re- reuse that thing, that puppet. What do we um, got lying around? Paint it green. It'll be, <laughs> yeah. It's all good. There, now it's a totally. tree monster. And also when they went to get the tree again, or the, the magic um, medicine out of the tree, uh, the the kind David Suzuki narrator uh, let us know that they had to go to the tree to get the medicine because only the Ewoks knew about this medicine. So again, that's how we knew there was medicine in the tree because the narrator in, in present tense uh let us know what was going on. Yeah, I'm glad he was there because other, without him, I mean, we wouldn't have a clue what was happening. I mean, yeah. the Ewoks are basically speaking Ewokies the whole time. Have I been saying first person or present tense? I'm not sure. Oh, I meant to say I meant to say present tense if I've been saying first person, <laughs> which might be very confusing for listeners. Anyway, whatever. That's okay. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> just every just here present tense just cut that in over every time i say first person (laughs) oh so mace shows that he's clearly he clearly cares about his sister sindel and then they realize hey we should probably start looking for our parents now so the ewoks take them to see logre the magical mystical wizard wait okay you skipped over something that confused me and annoyed me what was with the part in the middle of the night when they cut to the Ewok looking at his baby and crying? <laughs> Do you remember that? There's like an yeah. Ewok who's just like bawling in the middle of the night looking at his baby. He's like, oh, he's like just crying for no reason. That actually is still coming up because oh. that is before they leave for their like Lord of the Rings style quest. Oh, the night sorry. Before, it's like he knows he's going to die. <laughs> oh. Or no, that was his wife. She was sad that her husband Deej was off go- to leave on a on his mission. Oh, so, oh, that's why she see again. Narrator should have clarified that. I had yeah. no idea why that Ewok was crying. Yeah, he was sleeping at that point. Uh. So, the kids decide they have to save their parents and find where their parents are. Luckily, there happens to be a magical, wise wizard Ewok, Logre, who I had the action figure of, I believe, but I don't think he was a popular Star Wars figure because it was like the only one I could get and like every kid seemed to have this guy. See, it crossed my mind that this movie may have even only existed to further the Ewok action figure franchise. Oh, totally. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a huge motivator of this entire movie because I don't even think I knew Wicket's name until, uh, like, did they even say his name in Return of the Jedi? I think, yeah, they do in Return of the Jedi. Oh, do they? Yeah, Okay. and at the very least least it's in the credits but they they do say it yeah and like seeing low gray here it's like did every like toy store just say look we've stuck with like hundreds of low gray figures you know everybody bought han solo and darth vader but uh can you help us sell these low grays you know what yeah i'm super like a starring (laughs) scene in this i've definitely seen that low gray figure as well for sure he's like the gray the white and gray and grave yeah, sort of like free. You walk shaman. Yeah. Guy. yeah, he's got a staff. And you know what? Honestly, it's a cool figure. Like, yeah, totally. I, I dig it. But low gray, like okay. So he's low gray. He shows everyone that the parents are trapped in this like giant bird cage, <laughs> being held by the Gorax, this crazy giant monster who kind of looks like man bat cosplaying as a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's kind of a terrifying image. Yeah, and. 
it somehow fits in Star Wars. Like I could see this guy maybe being in the background in like Jabba's palace or something. Except like normal size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they decide they have to go save the parents. Um, for some reason, they decide to bring Sindel with them. Uh, why bring a five-year-old on this <laughs> giant epic quest across the uh, uncharted lands of Endor into uh, assault a giant um, cave giant <laughs> fortress? That didn't even cross my mind when I was watching it. Like, leave the kid in the <laughs> village. Yeah. Also, and and the, and also maybe like give Mace his gun. Like, why won't they let him have his gun? Like, do, like give the kid his laser gun. Like. That's the most powerful thing you've got to protect you. I think he was running low on battery. He does use it in one pivot. At one point, yeah. 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 But like, but they kept it from him for so long, and it's just like, dude, like, give him the gun. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> so then, then we get to the scene that you were telling me about that kind of disturbed you, like the night before they leave for the quest to go save the parents, where we see this cut scene in the in the home of Deej. And we cut to his wife just bawling yeah. over the Again, Ewok babies. The home that is not in a tree. The home that is like in a cave for some reason. Because Ewoks live in caves this early on. And Again, because maybe this is so long ago that the forest hadn't grown yet. Anyway, go they on. They were still expanding. You yeah, know, not yeah. everyone could afford a tree house. Okay? <laughs> yeah, right. They were still building the village, right. You know, they maybe it was you know they were just hibernating. They they liked it there. You know, maybe that's where they met and they just decided to make it home. Yeah. So she's in tears, because crying over these baby Ewoks. Which, let's be honest, they look totally fake. Oh, dude, a crying Ewok is like probably the shittiest thing I've ever seen on television. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, some Ewoks are kind of cute, but like Deej, he's one scary Ewok. Mm-hmm. He's got the weird teeth, and his yeah. eyes are kind of cross-eyed. <laughs> he's like man, dirty and scarred. He looks like he had just came from furry. Best and like yeah the other thing too is like in return of the jedi you see the ewoks and like ewoks have the weird mouth tooth tongue thing and you see them like mostly just wicked when she's talking to princess leia and he's like duh, 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 and you see his little tongue and his weird teeth though for, for some reason the ewok teeth and tongue thing disturbs me like they're big gnarly teeth with their little tongue and you see a lot of that in this movie you see a lot of ewok tooth and tongue like like that and then that that bothers me it really bothered me i don't know why but like it looked they really put the put the tooth the, the their giant gross teeth front and center anyway no, as you were yeah it's <laughs> It's true. They kind of have like their teeth are kind of like beaver-like. Yeah. In a weird way. I was yeah. trying to figure out in their their eyes, like they're you know. And are the actors like sticking their in the in the costumes? Or are they like shoving their tongue out? Like <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like how, how they do that. Like, Is that an actual human tongue? <laughs> yeah. Like, that that like, makes it even <laughs> grosser. Like just lick that, lick that inside of that Ewok mask. <laughs> totally. Stick your tongue right through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh oh so uh, a great line another great quote in the series of incredible quotes is burl ives the narrator describing low gray the village mystic as old as the trees <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty old oh so there's another line where mace is talking to sindel before they leave on the journey and she's like look i really i want to see mom and dad i wish I wish we could find them. And so Mace looks at her and he, and he goes, I wish I'd been the best kid that ever was. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah, that was a great scene. <laughs> then she's like, well, what's going to happen? What are we going to do without them? And then he says, an even better line. This is a line like, move over, Luke. I am your father. Mace says, I will protect you. I will be mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that to my wife next time she's crying. (laughs) I will protect you. I will be mom and dad. (laughs) Oh, man. Great, great stuff. Great stuff happening on Endor. Okay, so let's go through. So uh, Deej is basically down to go on this quest. But first, they have to recruit... um, 
some other Ewoks to join their posse. And this was something I loved as a kid. Because, like, well, okay, also, we skipped over the part where when they vi- visit the village mystic, he gives them all these weird objects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a whole thing. He gives them all these, like, pointless objects, like an arrowhead and a rock and a weird magic wand and a stick and all this dumb stuff. Um, and Mace gets stuck with a dumb rock, and he's so bummed that he got the stupid rock, and whatever. A key plot um, point. Yeah, it definitely comes comes into play later. But there are two additional things that they have to give to other Ewoks to get them to come with them. So that's that's where we, um, where we start recruiting these auxiliary Ewoks. Yeah, like I really love the idea that Endor is kind of filled with these like different highly trained special Ewoks. <laughs> like yeah. everywhere you go, it's like we have to go, you know, over here and pick up the Ewok ninja. Then we'll go over <laughs> here and get the Ewok lumberjack and, and leave the Ewok breakdancer. We don't need him. <laughs> and yeah, all the while Mace is just whining. It's like if your favorite part of Star Wars is when Luke whines about everything plus you love Ewoks, then this is the movie for you. Absolutely. (laughs) And hate good special effects and lasers. (laughs) Because you only actually see like one. I remember as a kid being pissed off because I realized I think you only actually see one laser in the whole thing. Maybe two. Like I think they shoot that laser gun like twice. And there's no lightsaber. No, but there is a magic wand that shoots a beam that is unclear as to what it does exactly. <laughs> yeah, the magic is sort of <laughs> vaguely, you know. And Okay, and this is another point. We're using the word magic. There's magic. There's not force. There's no force. No force. There's no. just this magic, which we'll get to, but is also just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Anyway. Yeah, no, I did. Did you notice, though, that Mace has like, you know, not only is he kind of dressed like Luke Skywalker or whatever, he's all styled like him. He's got like, I don't know if it's it's like a flashlight dangling from his belt that kind of looks like a lightsaber. That he uses to light a fire at one point. Yeah. yeah. So it's sort of like if they had still shots of the movie to sell it to like foreign oh. markets. They're like, look, it's a Star Wars type of person. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one other Star Wars type of accessory. We skipped over one other thing that was also uh I also found really There's just so much gold here. Yeah, really infuriating. <laughs> so they all have these things called life monitors, mm. which are just these like cool weird like bracelets that they wear. And it's un it's not clear how they work. All they know is that they all have these life monitors on them. But then at one point they f- fight off this huge, like, rat mole monster creature. Yeah, it's like a rat dog. Yeah, it's like this, and it's this big scene, and the Ewoks, like, jump on it and kill it, and it's this fantastically horrible stop-motion sequence of, like, an Ewok riding a rat mole and stabs him. Well, Deej, like, straight-up murders that thing. It Was it Deej that jumps on it? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Deej is a badass, I'm telling you. And so they kill it. And then they find their mom's life monitor hanging off the side of this rat mole. And rather than be <laughs> horrified, where if I like if I killed a giant monster and then found like my mom's bracelet hanging off, I'd be like, fuck, mom's dead. <laughs> We're fucked. But instead they're like, no, this is great because mom's alive because we have her life monitor, which like I don't know what I don't know how this works. Like they found like yeah, the monitor was off. So how did yeah like how does the life monitor monitor you when it's not on you, especially when you find it off the um, dangling on the side of a giant monster? Like to me, yeah, that if, says your mom's dead. Yeah, like the life monitor, <laughs> but it's it clearly it said that it the the life monitor said they were alive. So I don't. So do you wear your own life monitor to tell you you're alive? Like yeah, exactly. Like maybe it's like tuned into her mom's like like I don't know body. But then how come they're all wearing their own life? Like do you want to come over and hang out tonight? I don't know. Let me check my life monitor. Am (laughs) I alive? Oh, I am. I'm alive. I'm able to. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So anyway, so so where were we? It just kind of got thrown in. I don't know. They're going to recruit. They go to recruit the Ewok. So the first one they meet is uh, the crazy woodchop and Ewok. Right whose name is Chukatrok, 
And uh, he's basically Deej's old homie, is what I gathered here. Like, yeah. Deej is like, what's up? And Tuka Trunk's like, oh. And then, uh, what's his face? Mace is, at first, like, Mace is just like, again, more complaining and whining. He's like, what do we want this guy to join us for? This guy's an idiot. Yeah. Then this guy, like, is like, oh, I'm tough, blah, blah, blah. Then Mace is like, how tough are you? And he just grabs his axe. No, and he doesn't grab his axe. An axe magically appears in Mace's hand. He doesn't grab it. <laughs> Right. Just suddenly, you, it's just like, let's see how badass you are. And then he turns around and he's got an axe in his hand and then he whips it at a tree. That's what happened. He doesn't grab it. And I remember like, yeah, no. And then for the next like like minute or two after the sequence, which we're about to describe, he's walking around with an axe in his hand and then the axe just goes away again. Well, I loved how Chuka Truck, so Mace throws the axe on the tree, then Chuka Truck throws an axe right and like basically bullseyes the handle of that axe. Mm-hmm. And okay, look. I'm no expert axe thrower, but I got to say, that's some pretty sweet axe throwing. Totally. I would have definitely asked him to join my caravan yeah, of courage. Totally. Considering yeah. like nobody there, everyone, everybody in your team has is like tiny and has a little spear, and now you've got a guy that can whip giant stone axes. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I think you can probably throw that at the giant later. Yeah. So then Mace begs him to join them. And he's like, please, you must join us. You must join us. He's like, okay. <laughs> he, comes, he joins them. And then, you know, sure enough, he starts dissing him again a bit later. Then they have to go find the wizard, who's the wizard who, who turns... What do they turn into a lizard that you loved? Oh, the wizard's magic wand turns into a lizard at one... <laughs> I don't even know why it turns into a lizard. It just at one point, it just turns into a lizard. I can't remember what they were doing. Yeah, and he goes, so what? It turned into a lizard. So lizard wizard. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. I was trying to figure out what the lizard name was. Was. No, it sounds like they say Hank at one point. It's <laughs> the name of the actor. It's Hank. probably that classic, like, Carrie moment. Yeah. Hank the Salamander Ewok Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> right, so they've they've got the Salamander Wizard Ewok, and, and now they're finally ready to really go on this Fellowship of the Ewoks journey across Endor. And I, I do like this. As a kid, I remember really loving yeah. that all the Ewoks banded together. They're on these, like, ponies. They crawl. They're, like, going across. Like, you know, if I saw Planet of the Apes recently. I love the, uh, the third one where the apes are riding the horses. But that has nothing on an Ewok riding a pony, let yeah. me just say. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, Wicket is kind of a delight in this movie. <laughs> like, just when things are getting like, oh, okay, this is kind of boring. There's Wicket dancing in the grass. And <laughs> right. he's like hanging on a branch. He's like falling off of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he's be- really becoming good friends with Sindel. So, yeah, we cut to this montage of epic quest imagery. They're traveling. There's like time lapses occurring. And then we get to this spot where. Mace is looking in the water. Right. And then weirdly, he just disappears and is teleported underwater, and it's now like iced over. Yeah. And starts drowning. Yes. Did they explain why that happened? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is, this was the moment when I started to feel like I'm like, I was like, you know what? This, this feels like Ewoks in Oz. Like, this feel like, feels like Oz the prison drama or. <laughs> that would be a whole other movie. I would totally watch that. Uh, yeah, I do not want to be shacked up with Chuka Truck. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, yeah, this was like the moment that, like, to me, it just went so far out of the Star Wars universe. Like, just random, weird, magic shit starts happening that has nothing to do with the Force, has nothing to do with. Like Endor, and again, this is also at this point. It's like they are not anywhere near a forest for most of the movie. Actually, there's no forest on the forest moon of Endor. Most of it, they're walking through like fields and over mountains. There were stuff. a lot of fields. I mean, yeah. the early shots were definitely like redwood uh, yeah. forest, but yeah. but again, like I feel like a lot of that was probably left over from from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> they just filmed um, in Lucas's backyard. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, look, I already got this ranch full of Ewoks. Let's just shoot here. Totally. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and so then he yeah they go on. So then he suddenly gets teleported underwater, and that for no reason. And it, it, it reminded me specifically of in Return to Oz that like the sand dunes where if you touch the oh, sand yeah, yeah, you yeah. turn to sand. And it was, yeah. but again like in Oz, you don't have to explain it because the whole point of Oz is shit's fucked. It's crazy. Endor is just like yo, it's just a moon. <laughs> like it's just like a place with Ewoks. And like I feel like if all this shit existed when like. The Empire were building their, like, giant, you know, 
uh, force field generator shit there. Like, that would have been a whole other, like, stormtroopers running around suddenly getting teleported under puddles and shit. Like, that would have been a whole other action sequence. So it kind of, that was, <laughs> it kind of pissed me off when I was just like, this is, like, what's going on here, guys? Like, is that like a force pond? Is George Lucas suddenly going to be like, oh, no, guys, that's a force pond. That's like, we didn't talk about it. That, that's a pond filled with midichlorians that teleports you and kills you. Like, like you know, give me... I don't know. It, it was an odd thing. He just disappears, gets sucked under this pond, and then he can't get out. It's like iced over. And he's under there for a while. Yeah, good like, five minutes. Well, no, that like kid a couple minutes. should be dead. Yeah, I wish Which, he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he survives because they whip out a magic stick and the Ewoks save him. Which was just super luck. Like, the Ewoks kind of get through all the trials and tribulations for the rest of the movie pretty much by pure luck. Yeah. Case in point, they then run into these fireflies and they from the fireflies right no the, those are tinkerbells oh so, they're tinkerbells yes again <laughs> so now we're in the disney well see d- d- we were in the disney universe before we even were in the disney universe true um yeah so then they discover these little tinkerbells that are running around and dancing and again not really sure i don't know what they were doing they had to fill time so there's like yeah. a 5 minute sequence of this firefly running around their their tent at night and they capture it and there's another great quote where Sindel says, she eats giggles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the science there, but uh, but I guess that's what she ate. So the uh, the fireflies join again, this, this merry band of Ewoks. And they like suck them all into a candle. There's like a magic candle that they suck the fireflies into. Um yeah, so they carry them around in a candle again. Yeah, like, they carry them in a candle, but then Mace has one in his pocket the whole time because she, because she doesn't she didn't get into the candle in time, so he keeps her uh, in his pocket. Yeah. So finally, we get to the dreaded forbidden fortress of the Gorax, the giant monster who has kidnapped the parents for I don't know how long at this point. It's it's been a while. They allude to it being like months or something. I, I would have thought it was like maybe a week. Maybe you think it's a week? I yeah, maybe like. Although what she was like, we'll say she was sick for a couple days, and then they had to go find the people for a couple days, and yeah, maybe like a couple weeks. I would say. Yeah, it's a couple weeks. At I least. mean, they would be pretty hungry. I don't know what the Lorax is feeding them, but like, or the Gorax, or the Gorax. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez, that's a whole other movie. <laughs> I don't know what the Gorax was feeding him. I don't know what the Gorax wanted to with them. Like he's got them in this giant cage, just hanging in his cave. And you know, Mace at one point is like, "I wonder what mom and dad are thinking." You know, I wonder if they're missing us, if they're wondering what we're up to. No, they're hoping that this giant mountain giant. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're hoping the giant mountain from the cave doesn't kill them in his. I assumed he was going to eat them, but at the same time, I remember thinking, the longer you keep them there, the skinnier they're going to get, and the shittier they're going to be to eat. So you should eat them soon. Yeah, like... And end the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing with the parents? Like, I yeah, there's no explanation to why he kidnapped them. And when they we finally see their dad, Jeremit, he's completely clean-shaven. Like, has the Gorax been <laughs> right. shaving him? Also, here's a question. Did the Gorax capture them, take off the mom's life meter, and then tie it to his little pet rat monster, and then send his pet rat monster out to, like, whatever? Like, how did the life meter get, like, get off of the mom and onto the weird rat monster? Yeah, maybe he was just, like, blinging out his dog or something. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you should wear this as a cool, like, collar for you. Maybe maybe the Lorax. <laughs> she's like, let's stop calling him the giant monster. Uh, maybe the giant monster. Uh, maybe he's he's a more complex character than we realize. Yeah. And did you notice that like the Lord of the Rings ripoff imagery intensified as soon as they get inside this cave? So they get to the cave, the the fortress. Mace does pull out his blaster, blasts open a hole in the wall. They go in, and before you know it, they're fighting a giant spider, which is the pinnacle of special effects in this movie. <laughs> now, here's some, this now remember when I was talking about like things that we that are etched in your brain that this scene 
was etched in my brain because I remember even as a five-year-old calling bullshit on this, like even being five or maybe six years old, looking at this and being like, those are just giant rubber spiders being dangled by thread. Like, and that exactly what, if you haven't seen this movie, exactly what I just described, what you're thinking right now is exactly what it looks like. It's like, like, it's like a Halloween. It's like trying to prank. see the string at one point. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's like if you had like kids coming to trick or treat and you dangled a spider over them on Halloween and tried to, tried to scare them. It that is literally that's it looks like there's probably like some prankster up there doing this to these kids <laughs> as they're climbing across this stupid net. Anyway, I remember calling bullshit on this when I was five. Yeah, well, Wicket makes short work of that pu- of that puppy with his magic. Oh wait, no, 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 no. There were because there, there were actually two spiders. I think that's okay. Here's my question for you. So the party splits off. Finally, someone in this caravan of courage has a bit of caravan of logic and. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, you know what? Let the five-year-old kids stay at the bottom of the cave. We're not taking her all the way up to fight this giant. It's going to be a disaster. So Wicket and one or two other random Ewoks stay with Sindel. Mm-hmm. And they stay below. Then the rest of the party, Mace and the, and the tough Ewoks, Deej and, and the axe-throwing guy, they go up and they encounter this spider. Okay? Then they... They fight the spider in this epic scene, knock it off its string, it drops down the cave, but then we see Wicket encountering what looks like the same spider. So I'm wondering, did they just throw the spider down the pit and it landed next to Wicket? And they're like, oh, they can deal with it. Oh, maybe. But also, when didn't they kill the spider by shooting it with a magic wand that... Like sedates the spider. Well, it was screaming when it fell down, like which is like a very Star Wars thing when you fall yeah. down a pit to be like, yeah. <laughs> they should have they should have given that spider the Wilhelm scream because I don't think the Wilhelm scream actually shows up in this movie. No, a lot which, of things don't show up. As far as I'm concerned, like a plot. <laughs> I think if the Wilhelm scream is not in a Star Wars movie, that Star Wars movie is not canon. I think so. Therefore, I think we can actually write off this whole thing as not being actually part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> I'm sure there's so many separate spin-offs of Star Wars universes. That's a conversation for a whole other day. So they g- get rid of the spiders. They finally encounter Gorax. Is it the Gorax or is Gorax his name? I think Gorax is his name. I think, yeah, he's like Gorax is like the legendary giant. The legendary giant who, if they had to shoot, blow open a rock to get into that cave, how does the giant get in and out of the cave? <laughs> <laughs> he just moves the rock when he has to come. <laughs> but he's, t- I think that, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was probably a better way to get in and out of that cave than, anyway, whatever. Hey, weird, a plot hole that doesn't make any, not many of those in this movie. Anyway. And he's got a lot of stairs. Uh, did he make those stairs by himself? Like yeah, those cave, are pretty cool sca- stairs. And, and now that's a scene I remembered as a kid. Yes. This stair climb. Up. This whole, this is, this, what I think the next 10 minutes of the movie are the best part of the movie and as a child the most terrifying this was the part this whole sequence was when my friend chris was like don't worry peter the good guys always win because i was panicking <laughs> i was freaking out during this next bit as a kid as an adult i was groaning but so anyway take us through so okay so they climb up these giant stairs um which are like you know four feet each one is like four feet tall and they get up and they find their parents suspended in this bird cage. Now, this is where there's, okay, two pretty problematic things happen here. Um, okay, now how did, oh yeah, and then one of them distracts Gorax. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when Deej pulls the old pretend you're a moving basket. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So Deej. Pretty clever. Deej, yeah. He's my favorite. So Deej gets Gorax's attention. And then hides under a basket. <laughs> and then you just see this basket running around, which is pretty funny. And Deej, Gor- it's like, Deej is like, yeah. Yeah. Check out Deej nuts. <laughs> <laughs> did you have that joke written down or did you just no, pull that out? Me, oh, that was good. Uh, I want a Deej action figure. Like, I'm going to now start like a whole blog about Deej. Look for it. <laughs> um, so, so Deej draws Gorax away. And now, okay, so this sequence is, to me, I think one of the most infuriating sequences of the movie. So they knock over Gorax's axe. Mace gets on one half of it. 
and then a bunch of Ewoks jump on the other hand, catapulting him up right. to the birdcage. Now, the th- here's the thing. We never really... I don't know if we ever see how high this birdcage is, but physically, I mean, there's so many issues with that, and that was frustrating. So he, so Mace gets up to the birdcage, and this is where shit gets infuriating. So they're running low on time. They're trying to get the parents out before Gorax gets there. And this, it remind this this sequence reminds me of. Did you guys ever do that thing in school? It was like a puzzle where it's like you've got a farmer and he's got like a chicken, a coyote. And like a carrot. Right, and what does he have to do to bring them across? And he's got to like, yeah. Well, this is how the Star Wars universe deals with this. So now you have Mace and his parents in there. Mace has a rope. He lowers the rope down to bring up the axe guy. So the axe guy comes up. So now there's four of them in the birdcage. Then the axe guy holds the rope. Mace repels down. And at this point, the Gorax is on his way back. Mom repels down. Dad repels down. And now Axe Guy is in the birdcage. So then Axe Guy thinks, oh, I'm just going to tie this to the birdcage and repel down myself. Which ultimately, they all get away. And then the Axe Ewok doesn't. He decides to stick around. He decides to stick around and will get to it, but ultimately dies. And it's his own fault because if Mesa just tied the rope, they could have all just repelled down. There yeah. was no reason for the axe guy to be in that cage whatsoever. So when he died, I was like, you know what? It's your own fault. You deserved it. <laughs> axe Ewok? The axe Ewok deserved it. Well, he dies because all these rocks fall on his head. Because he's getting chased because he's the last one out. Yeah, he just wanted to fight, and he's, like, taking stabs at the giant's toe. And this was the moment I remember as a kid that I was really sad he doesn't get, he doesn't get anything. They don't give him a funeral. They were, they all run off. They're free. Oh yeah. Then the firefly comes out, trips the Gorax. Gorax falls down the stairs into the pit. Then we think this is Fanula Flanagan's big moment. Mom grabs out the gun, and she blasts the Gorax in the face. But then he climbs back up, and then they finally knock him down when Mace throws an axe in the back of the Gorax's head. Right. And he falls down the pit. Right. And then we go back to the Ewok village. And it's all wrapped up nice and tidy. The family's all together. Uh, but I guess Axe throwing Ewok had no family. No. No, no funeral. He, he lived, in the, he lived in, the, in the forest by himself. Yeah, I mean, like Darth Vader maybe, gets a funeral. Maybe you don't get a funeral if you're an idiot. <laughs> maybe that's the Ewok way. You had a real problem with poor Chaka Truck. I liked Chaka Truck up until that <laughs> stunt because that was like, I don't know, man, like there's a giant, there's a giant coming at you. Why are you wasting time climbing up into like, there was no, it just, they could have all gotten out. If they had just tied the thing on, gone down, they could have all just snuck out. But instead he decided he was going to be a hero. He was going to stick around fight the giant there's no need for it well you know i just thought of something to your earlier point about there not being any trees around for the majority of the movie when we first met chuck a truck he's chopping down trees dude so since he dies in this movie then all the trees can grow right Nobody so chops down he's been clear cutting endor all by himself <laughs> what a dick so that's why he didn't get a funeral maybe they were happy they're finally they're like, this finally motherfucker in his paper mill trees. will just go to hell that's why deej couldn't afford a tree house there was like there were no not enough trees but now you know real estate you know maybe it was all done on purpose <laughs> maybe they're like yo we're gonna bring this motherfucker with us and we're gonna get him killed so that we can start growing trees again low gray it was all goes back to low gray <laughs> he had a plan he knew what was up so they're all back and all is well and then we learn from burl eyes <laughs> who's burl learned- eyes is that is that the david suzuki narrator yeah. yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so then we learn from Burl Ives that courage, loyalty, and love are the strongest forces in the universe. See, okay, I think that's the only <laughs> reference to the force in the whole movie, which is bullshit because we all know that the force <laughs> is way more powerful than all that other stuff. Oh, man. So that is the Ewoks' caravan of courage. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just going to take that laugh and just pepper it throughout the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Great story, Sean. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this was the first Ewok movie, 1984. As a kid, you liked it. Uh, so what was your favorite part? As an adult or as a kid? Either. As a kid, I was really into... Um, the part when they put the little arrowhead into the ground and it like draws a line to the to the door. I thought that was really cool. Oh yeah, so that was w- one of the mystical items. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole the sequence with the giant smashing stuff. I loved that as a kid. I thought that was really 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 cool. Um, the hang glider scene was cool. It, it was cool, and like all the Ewok action figure like things. I don't know. I love all that stuff. So what still holds up about it? And what doesn't hold up? Oh, man. Um, oh. What? I mean, honestly, I don't think... I think most of it doesn't hold up. I think <laughs> I think most of it was really... Uh, by the end, the, when the giant was busting shit up, that was pretty cool. But... So I think you may have answered the question. <laughs> Peter, do you still like this? No, I don't. <laughs> I did not like it. And you know what? The, another something that like occurred to me as I was watching it is like we already like I think we all have this like f- frustration and disdain for George Lucas and watching this it just felt like I was just like like bef- like this came out between the original 3 Star Wars and the prequels and you I see it like watching this I was just like it was the writing, like it was the all was there. The, the yeah. writing was on the wall. We, we ignored all the signs. We ignored the signs. Like he's, this is fucking hor- like he can't do it. And <laughs> like, and it was it like it. There, it's it is worse than than the prequels. Like it is horrible. Like it is it is. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Admittedly, I've never watched the Christmas special because I can't do that to myself. It's I've pretty terrible. Intentionally, just never watched it. And if it's if it has a worse reputation than these movies, I cannot do it. It I is don't. worse than this one. That is unfathomable to me. Unfathomable to me. Well, would you consider watching the sequel with me for future episodes? I would actually definitely consider watching the sequel specifically. So again, it all got very confused in my head. There were I both of these movies mixed together uh, in my. I didn't realize there were two. I thought it was all one. And I remember the Quaker Oats guy. What's that actor's name? Uh, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> ah, there we go. So he's nothing says Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Um, he just came there for a good breakfast. I can't be totally sure, but the things I do remember, again, from the second one is the Quaker Oats guy and the the uh, whole scene with the grappling hook and the moat of acid. Those are things I want to revisit. I want to see what those are about. I watched the trailer for it after watching this movie and realized there's all these weird, like, Planet of the Apes style monsters riding horses and stuff. Yeah, so I got something that could really tempt you to watch the next one. I think I know what you're going to tell me. Two of the characters are dead. Her whole family's uh, apparently Sindel. The movie starts off and like her family gets wiped out right Did away. Did she kill them? <laughs> I hope so. That would be great. So I'm like, okay, right off the bat, you're getting rid of of, of Mace, not Windu. Nice. Uh, if if I was George Lucas when I re-released this, I would CGI a scene at the beginning where she is the one that kills her whole family. <laughs> so that alone makes me want to see the movie. Okay, what are you talking about? The, the entire first movie is about them saving their family. It's like Alien. And then they kill them off in the first scene. Yeah. It's like Alien 2 into Alien 3. It's just like, what? Everyone's dead? Spoiler alert. It's like, what was the point of that? Yeah. So, so okay. We definitely, you definitely got to come back and we'll do a second episode. I will, I will definitely do it. But again, like what I did see of that, it's like none of the bad guys look like the Star Wars universe. Like, you know what it looks like? It looks like the special effects team from Return to Oz like w- was on call for these movies because like, it does not look like star wars it looks it looks and feels like return to oz i'm actually curious i'm gonna do some research and see if there's any crossover in the teams that that worked on these because i believe there were a few people from the original star wars trilogy who did work on this or at least they had access like industrial light and magic worked on some stuff there is some staff that carried over mm. 
Okay, so for me, yeah, as a kid, I liked it. I have definitely have not seen it since I was a kid. I got to agree with you. I, I do not still like this. <laughs> uh, if I can't really recommend it. Uh, it's a fun nostalgia piece, but I couldn't recommend it to someone today to watch because I find the lead character, like the kid, Mace specifically, is just this kid that like if my kids were watching this movie, I'd be like, that kid is an idiot. I would not want you emulating this guy. He's a jerk. You know, Sindel, the young well, He knows he's great. a jerk. He wants to be the best, what is it, the best kid that ever was or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he realizes halfway through the movie that he's a jerk. He will be mom and dad. And I mean, I guess that's very progressive thinking, but uh <laughs> oh. but yeah, it's it does not you know, the Ewoks are cute. Warwick Davis, big shout out to him though, playing Wicket. He was 14 years old in this. So what? that means when he shot Jedi, he must have been like 11 or 12. Oh my goodness. So that's like I don't know, and he's obviously went on to be in. I think he appears in a lot. Like he's in a lot of the the newer Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. He shows up in the prequels. He's definitely he's in Rogue One, but and of course Willow. So I was trying to figure out like what is it about this that makes it so much worse? Well, ninety percent of the movie are puppety furballs and monsters, and the only human character that you're really supposed to care for. I mean, there's Sindel, but she's just a kid. I mean, basically it's Mace, and he's an entirely unlikable hero. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of the biggest flaw here. Mm-hmm. With Obviously, there's Lord of the Rings ripoff galore. <laughs> like, maybe this would have worked as like a half-hour Saturday morning special. They did what they could. It was With George Lucas's script. Yeah, and not great. No. Not great. Well, man, thanks so much for coming over. Thanks this so much. Super fun. Next episode, we're going to see if we still like something else. <laughs> All right. Yub nub. Each yub nub nub. A tomi topi chicken. Ganoop duck fling. Oh, ah. Yub nub. <laughs> thanks, Peter, for being our first ever guest and for this awesome beat. Let's wrap it up. Yub nub, more like yub no. You need this movie like you need a stub toe. Yo, not sure the plan for Caravan of Courage other than give Star Wars fans a burned bridge. It earned it. It's some damn bad. Spoiler alert, I am your mom and dad. The only Star Wars thing I learned of note is that the Ewoks have a goat. Whoa, mate. Check your life monitor. I wonder if Sam Jackson thinks it's a nice moniker. Wanderers. But no Jedis or droids, just whiny kids and teddy bear toys. All right. I know it's not all bad, okay? Deej's cool and I like low gray. And even though most of the effects are pretty phony, you will believe an Ewok can ride a pony. <laughs> we'll be back at you very soon. Tell your friends if you like this. I hope you did. All right, thanks a lot.